0: What's up, everybody? My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports on a cold Wednesday, November 1st. you know how I know it's cold? It's supposed to snow this weekend. And you know how I know it's cold is that every day when I walk home from campus, uh, the south side of campus is littered with bugs, and I get attacked. I have bugs landing all over me. I have bugs in my hair. It's ridiculous. Today, the bugs were gone, which means winter is here. It is now extremely cold, um, and I'm buckling down for some snow. Probably this weekend. We're playing Stanford this weekend. I'm working on the sideline. It's going to be a fun game. I can't wait. I want to say, I want to start with this. Uh, My new subscriber, Joe, a cool guy. We had a conversation. I I got to hear about a new subscriber, Joe, and he is a big believer in Jimmy Garoppolo. He said that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the next Joe Montana. Well, he probably hated what I said on the show on Wednesday. I was really rough and really doubtful of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it's pretty clear that my opinion on Monday was wrong. (laughs) I came out and said that there's no way Bill Belichick would trade Jimmy Garoppolo if he was a franchise quarterback. It looks like that was wrong. After, and I'm okay with that. I am not afraid of being wrong. My goal, you know, I said what I believed. And I really did believe what I was saying. And my goal is to be interesting. Can I say interesting things on this show? And I wasn't, I wasn't lying. I was being honest to myself. I really thought, why would Bill Belichick do that? Well, it came out after releasing Monday's episode, Adam Schefter's report on the Patriots came out. It became pretty clear after reading and listening to Adam Schefter that Jimmy Garoppolo could no longer stay in New England. The situation was not a situation they could keep, continue to hold in New England. Jimmy Garoppolo, understandably, wanted to play football. The guy wants to play on Sundays. He's tired, and and who knows, you know, Tom Brady's not slowing down anytime soon. Tom Brady is playing, I said, at an MVP level this year. So I wouldn't want to, if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, he's what, 26. I'm like, dude, I am ready to play football. I do not want to waste the prime of my career sitting on the bench. I totally understand. I get it. I understand why this trade happened. And a lot of people are outraged. A lot of people are so angry at Bill Belichick. Why would you trade away your future quarterback? Uh, I think it's pretty clear Bill Belichick didn't want to do this. I wouldn't want to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Bill Belichick didn't want to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. In fact... Bill Belichick did one of the rare things he, he rarely reveals anything to the media Bill Belichick is very coarse And very very closed off to the media But here's what he said He released a statement basically saying um, That this situation with Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady Was not sustainable This was not something he wanted to do He did not want to trade Jimmy Garoppolo uh, But it was clear It had to happen They better get something for him Otherwise he's going to walk and Many people were angry and asking the question, well, we, you know we couldn't sign him for more money. That that makes sense. That's fair. Why not franchise tag him? And a franchise tag is where if a player wants to leave, you can force a contract on him and you just have to pay him a lot of money. Remember that immature couple in high school? Remember that couple that, you know, they break up and the boy or the girl would say, oh, I'll do anything. I'll do anything if you stay with me. Or actually, you know, I have a better example. That's not a good example. Here's a good example. Alana Pierce is a journalist at IGN. Alana Pierce released a video. I watched it. Why did I think of this first? She, was, I watched a video by Alana Pierce last night talking about an experience she had with a stalker. Alana Pierce told this guy over and over again, I don't want to date you. She had, and the guy just didn't understand. The guy didn't realize you cannot force someone to date you. You cannot force someone to be in a relationship with you. And Jimmy Garoppolo clearly just didn't want to be in a relationship with New England Patriots. A franchise tag works great in Madden. It looks great on paper where you don't have to deal with real people and real relationships. You can't force Jimmy Garoppolo to want to work with you. And Jimmy Garoppolo didn't want to work with the New England Patriots anymore. He wasn't angry. He wasn't causing problems. Jimmy Garoppolo just wanted to play football. He wanted a chance to prove himself. And I understand that. I get that from Jimmy Garoppolo And I get why Bill Belichick said, look, we got to get rid of this guy. Nothing's wrong with him. He just doesn't, he wants to play. We're not getting the best out of him. We're wasting his career. And we better get something for him before he leaves. I understand that. Did Bill Belichick do the right thing? I don't know. I really cannot answer that question, which is weird. Because normally, I know. Normally I can tell this is black and white. It is or it isn't. And I just, I'm uneasy about it. And usually when I'm uneasy about something, Uh, you probably didn't do the right thing. So I don't know. But clearly Bill Belichick doesn't care what happens after Tom Brady leaves. And I'm really sad about this. My entire childhood, my entire life has been the New England Patriots dominating the NFL. Now, for the first time in my entire lifetime, it's pretty clear that it's going to come to an end. Because when Tom Brady leaves, what do the Patriots have left? Clearly Bill Belichick doesn't, isn't worried about that. When when Tom Brady retires, I think Bill Belichick is going to be done. Bill Belichick is getting old. He's got a, a nice girlfriend he seems to like. Maybe he just wants to walk off into the sunset with Tom Brady. And that makes me really sad because I, I always had thought and expected that when Tom Brady was finally old, we would get Jimmy Garoppolo and he would be a successor and the Patriots success would continue going on. And now this is the beginning of the end. It might be five years. It may be four years, maybe two years. Who knows? But I'm, I'm mourning the Patriots right now because I have so very much enjoyed watching the Patriots dynasty and the way they operate their franchise. And to know that an end is near, an end is coming, where Bill Belichick, I cannot observe the way he runs his football team and the way he runs his business. I'm not going to be able to see that anymore. That is very sad. I'm mourning the loss of the New England Patriots dynasty. The next question we need to ask is, who won the trade? Who won the Jimmy Garoppolo trade? The obvious answer is John Lynch, of course. John Lynch is the 49ers rookie general manager. Yes, the same John Lynch that was the safety back in the day that played with John Elway and won a Super Bowl with the Broncos, and I think he won a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. The 49ers are building something. The 49ers are really building something special, and this was a huge win for John Lynch. This really reminds me, you know, when I played college football, very briefly. Um, I realized very quickly I wanted to go pursue other passions and I just wasn't passionate about football anymore. But I went to a really small, very tough academic school, Lewis and Clark College in Portland. And I have watched from afar. I left their I left their school and I watched from afar what they're doing. And I knew when I got there, they were going to build something. That's why I chose to go to that school instead of better schools that were, had better football programs. Lewis and Clark didn't win two didn't win a football game for two years after I left Lewis and Clark. Uh, they have Jay Losi, a fantastic head coach And they're building something My freshman year, we, the whole, most of the starting roster was all freshmen Now those freshmen are juniors They've developed and they're building a good culture of a winning program Jay Losey is doing a fantastic job It's really cool to see a guy building a franchise And building a roster of football players that is coming up And that is what the 49ers are doing The 49ers are building something You know, you know when you ever watch the NFL top 10 shows like top 10 games, top 10 Brett Favre moments, top 10 comebacks. When, we, when we, there's a list made next with the top 10 steals or top 10 best trades, maybe worst trades, I don't know. This Jimmy Garoppolo trade is going to make one of those lists. This is the biggest deal. It's one of the biggest deals in NFL history if Jimmy Garoppolo can play. If Jimmy Garoppolo can play football, a second round pick for a franchise quarterback is an absolute steal. We may never see a trade like that ever again. This is a huge deal. John Lynch right now, the the 49ers general manager, is on top of the world. He didn't didn't draft a quarterback this year. He said, I'm going to invest in my franchise, build the roster, we'll get a quarterback eventually. Wow, patience paid off. If Jimmy Garoppolo can play, patience has really paid off. You got a bargain bin price franchise quarterback. Who else won in this trade? Jimmy Garoppolo won in this trade. What I mean by that is, can you imagine... Following up, Tom Brady. Tom Brady won five Super Bowls in a Patriots uniform. Five Super Bowls in 15, Bill Belichick has five Super Bowls in 15 years. Tom Brady's won five Super Bowls. That is unbelievable. That is unheard of. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. The things he has done in New England for the Patriots fans, unmeasurable. How do you expect a guy to follow that up? It doesn't happen. Remember remember when Joe Montana left and Steve Young came in? It took years and years and years for people to say Steve Young's our guy. And they traded Joe Montana while well, Joe Montana was still there. Cuz I, I talked about this earlier. I said, you know, if Tom Brady was not waning, but he's clearly re- time and you know he's got if Tom Brady had 2 years left, if we knew Tom Brady had 2 years left to play and We knew Jimmy Garoppolo was a franchise quarterback. I said trade Tom Brady, even though he's going to go win somewhere else. He's going to do great things. That's what Joe Montana did. When Joe Montana left the 49ers, he still won in Kansas City. But Steve Young was the next guy. They had to, instead of playing for two years, they had to look ahead to 15 years. But the pressure was so insane. And it looks like Bill Belichick wants no part of that. He doesn't want to try to work with Jimmy Garoppolo and build the next dynasty. He just wants to tap out whenever Tom Brady taps out. Don't forget, the Patriots are in Boston. I love, I'm a huge fan. Boston's my favorite media market. My dream job, one of them, other than my own company, if I if I didn't run my own company, my dream job would then to be working in Boston sports media. I love the city of Boston. I like the culture. I like that it's a tough city with tough people that are not afraid to be critical. But they are harsh, critical people and they would be harsh and critical of Jimmy Garoppolo if he wasn't immaculate if he wasn't Tom Brady level man it would be really hard to follow that I think the Patriots blew this I really did you know here's why the Patriots blew it I was so sure the Patriots were going to use that second round draft pick to get another receiver because Chris Hogan got injured and Julian Edelman's out for the year the Patriots need help at wide receiver and they didn't do anything with that second round pick they didn't do any other trades. They just grabbed a second-round pick. And it's like, guys, you could have at least leveraged that. I thought they were going to flip the pick like you flip a house. Um, but they did not. This is weird. Now, another news, Brian Hoyer has joined the Patriots. Brian Hoyer was actually the kind of funny. The former 49ers quarterback uh, just got released. He is now back with the Patriots. He grew up a, a, a Tom Brady understudy. He's now back in New England. That's a good move for them. Brian Hoyer knows the Patriots' system. It may take him two weeks to acclimate, but he can do—he's not useless if the Patriots— if Tom Brady gets hurt, their season's over, yeah. But at least uh, Jimmy—Brian Hoyer could salvage something. He could maybe win a game. So I I think Brian Hoyer going to the Patriots is good, and I I really believe that it's just a hard situation with New England. Because what do you do? And clearly Bill Belichick doesn't want to continue coaching after Tom Brady's done. He's like, I don't want to even try that. I'm done. I'm getting old. It's, I it's, imagine crazy hours. When I worked at the car wash, I worked 13 hours a day from, from seven in the morning till about nine thirty at night. Then I would go home and I would make videos and I, I made videos for companies. I did all kinds of stuff. I had a small business that killed me. I worked 16 to 18 hour days. I'd go to bed sometimes at three in the morning, get up at six to go to work at seven. It was insane hours. It was really tough. I imagine coaching the New England Patriots is very similar to that. And I get why Tom Brady or Bill Belichick might not want to keep doing that. I want to share what my dream tattoo is. I have this fantastic idea for a tattoo. I want to get on my right forearm, talk less, on my left forearm, do more. Talk less, do more. Bam, bam. That's because all kinds of people have come to me in my life and said, man, I wish I had a podcast. I wish I had a YouTube channel. I wish I had all the equipment you had. Everyone says, if only, if only I want to do this and I want to do that. And no one ever does anything. They just talk about their dreams without ever pursuing them. People want it so badly. Why don't you go for it? Why don't you do it? I bought everything in this studio. I bought my camera with my own money. I worked at a car wash again, 13 and a half hours a day to buy everything in this room. I practiced, I have spent time, I spent I've made horrible videos. I practiced and worked my butt off to make it happen. I've balanced school and podcasts. It's been it's really tough. It's really hard. I stay up till three almost every night. The point is, want is meaningless. You can talk about how badly you want things all you want, but want is actually has no value. Can you send your want into employers and play it for them? No, you cannot. What you can do is you can clip out parts of a podcast and send that to employers, and they might hire you because they like your podcast. The podcast has actual value, substance. You can't hold it, but it's worth something. Your desire is worth almost nothing unless you act on it. The Patriots, I'm sorry, the Panthers have traded their wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin to the Bills for a 2018 third round draft pick and a seventh round draft pick. The reason I went down that whole rant about value is that the NFL completely overvalues draft picks. Trading Kelvin Benjamin from the Panthers to the Bills for two draft picks, a third round and a seventh round draft pick, makes no sense to me. You know, when this happened, I expected there to be reports like Kelvin Benjamin's struggling in the locker room. He's not taking care of business. He's fighting with players. He's causing problems. That is not what we heard. The news we got out of the Panthers locker room was, Panthers players were shocked. The Panthers couldn't believe what happened. Why did we trade Kelvin Benjamin? I don't understand. Trading Kelvin Benjamin for draft picks was a really stupid move. Here's why. I know Kelvin Benjamin is not a star. But Kelvin Benjamin is a good, decent starter. He's not amazing. He's not a pro bowler, but he, he gets the job done. He's a starter and contributes to the, your football team in this league. He's a known commodity. He has value. Similar to a podcast, he has value. Your want has no value. Your podcast does. Your videos you make, that is something you can send to people and use as a resume. Draft picks are nothing. Draft picks are just like your desire. They don't actually mean anything. Draft picks are potential. They don't even, and not even good, potential. they didn't even get good potential. A third round draft pick is garbage. A seventh round draft pick is absolutely Nothing. I did, you know i'm not a big stats guy i really i'm really not a big stats guy but here's a opportunity to use stats in a positive way uh super Bowl nations website arrowheadpride.com uh, i'll leave the link below so you can check my you can fact check me you can look at my opinion you can look at where i got the numbers uh they break down by position how what what round of draft picks likelihood is to be a starter so what i mean by that is oh offensive lineman quarterback tight end receiver, how likely is a first round tight end receiver quarterback whatever it is to be a starter in the NFL. So I've averaged it out. Um roughly, a first round draft pick has well over 50%. I mean like we're talking over 60% chance of being a starter. So if you draft a first round draft pick, you're roughly you're over, more than 60% likely to get a starting NFL football player. Offensive linemen for example are 83% of first round offensive linemen are starters. A second round draft pick is 50% or lower, roughly around 40% uh, likely to be a starter. A third round draft pick is where it gets really bad. A third round draft pick is less than 40% likely to be an NFL starter. So less than 40% of third round draft picks are NFL starters. Not good starters, not stars. Starters. People that can actually play and help your football team. And the seventh round is even worse. Seventh round draft picks are less than 10%. All of them. All of them are less than ten percent likely to be NFL starters. So you could pick hundred players in the seventh round; like six of them are going to be starters. Like thirty players drafted in in the seventh round in the third round. Thirty players drafted in the third round out of a hundred are not even NFL starters. That is not good. That is horrible odds. You traded a known commodity. The Panthers traded Kelvin Benjamin, uh, something you knew, someone you knew could play, a known commodity for nothing. You rolled the dice. I just don't believe in that. I think of all the trades we saw around the NFL trade deadline. Kelvin Benjamin to the uh the, Kelvin Benjamin to the Bills for two draft picks, bad draft picks. The 3rd round draft pick and the 7th round draft pick was a horrible trade. I prefer a sure bet. You know, that's why I like Starbucks. Starbucks, at least when I go to Starbucks, I know what I'm getting. You you know, I'm weird. You know, I'm a weird guy. I'm not. Starbucks is a sure bet every time I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. I don't care. I know you get a six out of 10 cup of coffee, but you know that every time you go to Starbucks, you're going to get a six out of 10 cup of coffee. I know this is weird. I don't care. I value consistency in my friends, in my vehicles, in my coffee and I value known commodities. I know what I'm getting every time I go to Starbucks. I know what I'm getting every time Kelvin Benjamin runs onto the football field. For every, you know, people ask me, why don't you go to mom and pop coffee shops? That's because for every 10 out of 10 cup of coffee, 10 of them, for every one, 10 out of 10 cup of coffee, the other 10 are like twos and threes. At Starbucks, I know every time I'm gonna eat a six out of 10. I'm gonna eat a six out of 10 cup of coffee. It's dependable and reliable. And we are undervaluing dependable, and reliable. We know what Kelvin Benjamin can do. These draft picks, that's a shot in the dark. You're rolling the dice on not on unknown commodities. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, we're going to do NFL buy or sell. And then I'm going to talk about the World Series. Uh, you're probably listening to this after the World Series Game 7, given that it's happening in about two hours. But I promise you, even though this segment is about the World Series and it's happening before the World Series... This is still relevant to you. You can still listen to the segment after the World Series. It won't ruin it. I'm not predicting anything. I'm just talking about some general stuff. It will still be interesting. Please subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Listen to the show on YouTube. You can watch the show on YouTube. I'm wearing a black shirt. I know I need to cut my hair. Um, and share this with your friends. I believe I make a really awesome product. If you're enjoying the show, tell your friends about it. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. I'll be right back. We are back. Oh, man, I got to say, if you haven't seen Stranger Things, go watch Stranger Things. It is the best television show ever made. I love it. I think it's the benchmark every other television show should be measured against. It is time for my favorite segment of Strong Opinion Sports. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I love doing this. This is NFL Buy or Sell. NFL Buy or Sell is a segment where I buy and sell NFL teams every week. I do this on Wednesdays because I don't have the show five days a week. This is NFL Buy or Sell this week. I am buying the Seahawks. The Seahawks have turned the corner on their offensive line. They have finally been able to protect the quarterback. And they added a Pro Bowl duff tackle, Dwayne Brown. They have Russell Wilson, a great defense, and Pete Carroll, a legendary coach. The Seahawks, finally, I look at the Seahawks and see a team that could win the Super Bowl. I am selling the 49ers. I love what the 49ers are building, I think it's awesome. Uh, But it doesn't look like Jimmy Garoppolo will play this week. And even when he does play, I'm not sure. It might take him a couple weeks to get acclimated to San Francisco. Keep yourself posted. I will talk about the 49ers eventually. Um, But I'm still not buying the 49ers just yet. I am buying the Patriots. The Patriots are in great shape. Yes, they traded their backup quarterback. But they still have Tom Brady. Their backup quarterback. Relax. And they did lose, I believe, Marcel. What's his name? Devontae Freeman I don't remember his name I really can't remember Right now They lost one of their Key linebackers They will be okay The Patriots Have Tom Brady Who's playing better Than anyone else In pro football And it'll be Either the Texans Or the Patriots That represent the AFC In the Super Bowl I am selling the Panthers Um, Last week I sold Cam Newton I think Cam Newton's immature And they just sold His favorite wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin Cam is emotionally immature He will not respond well To the trading of Kelvin Benjamin He's going to be a mess This week I am selling the Panthers. I do not believe in the Panthers. They will not make the playoffs and will not win a Super Bowl anytime soon. I'm buying the Texans. I want a lot of the Texans. The Texans have the second best roster in the NFL. And the Rookie of the Year quarterback, Deshaun Watson, is playing outstanding. He is the real deal. The Texans could reach the Super Bowl. They might even win the Super Bowl. That's how good they are. Deshaun Watson keeps it up and keeps improving at the rate he's improving. Oh my God. I mean, he's going to hit a plateau eventually, but man, the Texans look fantastic. I'm selling the Chiefs, even though they have the best roster in the NFL, and even though they have Andy Reid, the second best coach in the NFL, and Alex Smith, their quarterback, is statistically killing it right now. I have a gut feeling. I just don't feel good about the Chiefs. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. I do not believe in the Chiefs. I'm not confident. I can't say I believe in them right now. I'm selling the Chiefs. I am buying the Eagles. The Eagles have the best chance of any team in the NFL to win the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz is a stud, and the key to their team is that their offensive line and their defensive line are fantastic. I'm buying the Cowboys as well. The Cowboys will make the playoffs. Their roster is fantastic, and even though Dak Prescott is not the kind of quarterback that can elevate average to bad players, he doesn't need to. The offensive line is fantastic. The defensive line is fantastic. The Cowboys have a great roster. They're playing well. They will make the playoffs, which means I'm going to have to sell the Redskins. The Redskins' issue is that there's not enough pie to go around. The Redskins are a good football team. They would make the playoffs in the AFC, but right now, and even though I'm a huge Kirk Cousins fan, right now, the Redskins are out of the playoff picture. The Eagles and Cowboys will make the playoffs. The Seahawks or Rams, whoever doesn't win that division will make the second wild card spot. The Redskins will not make the playoffs. The Raiders... I am buying the Raiders this week. They're playing the Dolphins. I think it's a good game for Derek Carr to bounce back. I think the chances that Derek Carr bounces back and is a great game are very high. And last but not least, I am selling Eli Manning. It's over in New York. The Giants are 1-6. Eli Manning looks old. The league has changed around him. He hasn't evolved. It is time for New York to move on from Eli Manning and get a young quarterback. I'm actually really surprised they didn't trade him away because... Eli Manning cannot save the Giants. The Giants just need to move on and restructure everything in their franchise. This has been NFL By sell. Thank you so much. Oh, man. Um, I'm really nervous to talk about this next story. I really am. I, I want to tread lightly and be careful. And normally, this is a story I would stay far away from. But I'm not looking at this through a political lens. I'm not going and talking about politics. This story is about business And my favorite thing in the world, which is storytelling. I love storytelling. I love setting up a good, I love a good sell. I love interesting stories. That is what this is about. In game three of the World Series, I'm going to get his name butchered. I'm sorry. Yuli Gurriel hit a home run off of Yu Darvish, a Japanese pitcher. And then he made a gesture, which is widely being interpreted as racist. If nothing else is racially insensitive. It's, It's just not a good look. But Rob, and there's lots of anger. Twitter is destroying this guy. And there's so much anger online. And it's totally justified. I understand why people are mad at Yuli Gurriel. Um, And then what happened next was that Rob, and I got to say, I don't condone that behavior. I would never, ever do what Yuli Gurriel did. I'm uncomfortable with it. I would never do that. I do not condone that behavior. But I do like this. Next, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball. He did suspend Guriel for five games, but he made sure to not start the suspension until next regular season. So Guriel will have to sit out the first five games of the next regular season, but he can finish out the World Series. This is the topic about the World Series I wanted to talk about because I like this decision. I like not taking someone out of the World Series. I'm glad Robert Rob Manfred did not suspend Guriel from the World Series. Here's why. Again, I don't condone his behavior, but if he'd been suspended, it would have been, I just, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't think you do that in the middle of the World Series. Remember Draymond Green a couple years ago? That completely swung the entire, major league, the entire NBA Finals. I do not want, if the Dodgers win, I'm rooting for the Dodgers. If the Dodgers win, I don't want anyone to be able to say, well, we, we were missing our first baseman. I don't want excuses. Let's play baseball. Suspend him later. I like it. Let's move on from that. But here's, here's why this is such a good decision. For business and for storytelling, it's fantastic. There's now a new element to the World Series I'm excited to watch. I cannot wait to watch you, Darvish, face off against Yuli Gurriel. Their first at-bat is going to be suspenseful and interesting. I can't wait for that. This adds more intrigue and new narratives to Game 7 of the World Series. It just boosts your ratings. I really think that. I really believe that. I love good stories. I want reasons to watch baseball. This gives me just another reason to watch baseball. I think the suspension can wait. The stakes are too high and the story is too interesting. You Darvish facing off again against the same guy who just did something that was racially insensitive and not right. I want to see that at bat. I can't wait. So this is good for business and good for storytelling. I am glad Yuli Gurriel was not suspended in the World Series and that he, he should have been suspended. I'm glad he's suspended overall. But I'm glad his suspension does not begin until next year in the regular season. The poor Browns. God dang the Browns. The Browns are the the worst run franchise. It's unbelievable. I worked at a movie theater in high school, and a movie theater, mind you. Our general manager was just the biggest idiot in the world. He just he could not figure it out. We would run out of popcorn. He he wanted to cut corners and he wanted to save money. So he wouldn't order enough popcorn and we would run out of popcorn at a movie theater. What's like the one... When you think of a movie theater, what do you think of? Obviously movies, soda, and popcorn. What's the one thing a movie theater cannot run out of? Popcorn. This guy ran... It was such a badly ran franchise. That guy is a goof. And the Browns (laughs) remind me of that general manager. That guy was an idiot. And so appear the Browns. This is one of those bizarre, amazing stories that when I hear it, I'm just like, Really? The Browns? Actually, I'm not that surprised because the Browns are a mess. (laughs) Even worse about this story, no matter where the Browns landed, like if the Browns' plan had gone right, I would be like, okay, that's a terrible move. And now that the the plan fell through, it's it's a terrible move too. Here's what the Browns were trying to do. I can't believe I watched this happen live. The Browns tried to make a trade for A.J. McCarron. And then the Browns botched it. What I mean by that is they didn't get the papers in quick enough for before the deadline. So the deadline happened and the Browns were like, wait a minute, we had a trade. And the NFL said, you never sent your paperwork in. And so the trade didn't go through. The freaking Browns. But here's the bigger question. Actually, here's if I'm a Browns fan, this is how I feel about this. Imagine in the morning, your dad tells you at breakfast, hey son, I'm going to take you to a basketball game later. And then he calls you at lunch and says, hey son, I'm really sorry. We're not going to the basketball game tonight. And then later you find out that the, game, the basketball game he was going to take you to was a fifth-grade basketball game. And you're like, eh, I don't really care. I didn't want to go to a fifth-grade basketball game anyways. That's what they said. No one wants A.J. McCarron as your franchise quarterback. A guy who can't even beat out Andy Dalton. Like, okay. I'm really, I'm really bummed we didn't get A.J. McCarron as our franchise quarterback. You don't want A.J. McCarron. I, are you kidding me? I can't believe the Browns even considered this. A.J. McCarron is not a franchise quarterback. He's not even a good quarterback. Uh, he's, he's average. He's not, maybe not bad, but he's not a good. He's not good. He's not great. He's not a guy you want bolstering your franchise. He's certainly not the next great Browns quarterback. If all, Of all the people in the world that could turn around the Browns franchise, you're telling me A.J. McCarron is the guy you think is going to do it? <laughs> what do you think of Browns? Here are some stats. So in seven games, A.J. McCarron has played seven games. He's at it. He has a sixty-six percent completion percentage, six touchdowns and two interceptions. That's in the regular season. He also has a a, a playoff game that he played. Eh, he played fine. He lost to the Steelers. He was 21, 23 of forty-one, one touchdown and an interception. He's a backup. He's an average quarterback. So the Browns should not be upset. The Browns are like, eh, we missed out on an average quarterback that couldn't have helped us very much, and we and we saved our draft picks. So thank God the Browns didn't give up draft picks to get a backup quarterback. To be your starting quarterback. Give up on the season. Here's what I think honestly happened. Hugh Jackson, the Browns quarterback, is desperate. Uh, The Browns head coach. Hugh Jackson, the Browns head coach, is desperate. He knows if he doesn't get a quarterback soon, his job is, he lost his job. The Browns need to make something happen at quarterback. And I really don't think you're going to get Sam Darnold either because if I'm Sam Darnold and I have the option to stay or go, I'm not going to the Browns. Nobody wants to be in Cleveland playing for the Browns. And and, uh, this is just a weird decision. So I just stay away from A.J. McCarron. It's okay that they didn't get him. And stay away from last-minute rush decisions. Just life lesson if you're listening to me. Decisions when you buy stuff at the last minute, you're like, ah, I don't know what to get. Those have been the worst decisions I've ever made. When I buy something, I do my research. And if you've done your research on A.J. McCarron, you would know. A.J. McCarron is just not a franchise quarterback. The guy backing up... Andy Dalton that can't get on a field over Andy Dalton? That's the guy you're like, oh, I'm so excited. He's going to be our franchise quarterback. No, no, no. So the Browns Browns need to get their act together. The Browns are a joke. I'm going to take another short break. Coming up next, does University of Washington, do the Huskies have the best defense in college football? I read an article today. It was really convincing, actually. I'm going to offer that. I'm going to tell you why that's not true at all. Then we're going to talk about Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, is he going to go to the Browns? He's not going to go to the Browns. So where will he go? What's going to happen with Sam Darnold? Please subscribe to this podcast on YouTube. We, have, we make videos. I do. I know I need a haircut, but I make videos. I put them up on YouTube. Subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes and on SoundCloud. And tell your friends about this show. If you want this to grow, which I want this to grow, and I like that it is growing. It's really fun. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schaumler. I'll be right back. Man, I I love doing this. I really, really enjoy telling stories and talking about sports. It's my favorite thing. I loved, you know, this show, i I prepped really hard for this show, and I feel really good about it, and I was just so excited to tell you guys stories and talk about sports today. Um, I want to talk about this. When Jimmy Garoppolo signed with the 49ers, or when Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo was traded to the 49ers, the whole narrative I saw swirling around was, now it's more likely that Kirk Cousins will stay in the Washington Redskins organization. People said, oh, Kirk Cousins won't leave the Redskins now. He was going to go to the 49ers. Clearly he'll stay. Um I don't think that's true. I, I couldn't disagree more with that. I don't think it's a sure bet that Kirk Cousins stays in the Washington Redskins organization. Why, why is that true? Why is one player going to a different team suddenly making Kirk Cousins not want to leave? Once you think about leaving your girlfriend, that relationship is over. Should I go? you start weighing your options that's when bad things happen I, i've told the story before i cheated on my girlfriend once in high school horrible mistake i'll never do it again really embarrassing just a, a really hard time in my life uh as, even more so for her obviously i just it ruined our relationship it was awful but i remember there's a tipping point in our relationship where i was thinking about leaving and i chose to stay with her and ultimately I, I did what i did and i should have broke up with her it would have saved everybody heartache it would have been a better thing for both of us i would have you know moved on and uh I just was in a relationship I didn't really want to be in. And once you consider leaving, it's over. Once you start weighing your options, ah, she's cute and she's nice, but I like my freedom and this and that. And end it. End your relationship. If you were ever in doubt, if you ever thought about leaving, you clearly didn't love that girl very much anyways. It's a good principle to live by. I've been in a lot of serious relationships. I almost got married to my ex-girlfriend. I know I'm I'm kind of a, you think I'm a dumb kid? I am kind of a dumb kid, but I really think Kirk Cousins should not stay in Washington because once Kirk Cousins considered leaving, it's already tainted. Bam. Then now you're you're always thinking, you know, what if Kirk Cousins stays in Washington next year? And he watches the Jaguars do phenomenal. He's going to be longing, wondering, oh, what if I'd gone to Jacksonville? What if I'd done this? What if I'd gone to Arizona? They got a really great receiver. Oh, you can't, you can't operate your life that way. And I know Kirk Cousins is a mature person. He probably wouldn't struggle with that. But once you think about leaving, you should leave. You should go home. You shouldn't, you shouldn't stay. And I really think Kirk Cousins needs to get out. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to leave. I think Kirk Cousins is going to choose the safe option. He'll stay where it's safe. Kirk Cousins will stay with the Redskins where it's easy and safe. He knows everybody. But he really should leave. Kirk Cousins really should leave the Redskins. Here are the three best options for Kirk Cousins to go to if Kirk Cousins does decide to leave the Redskins franchise. Kirk Cousins could go to either Denver, Jacksonville, or Arizona. Again, Denver, Jacksonville, or Arizona. Here here are where those things... Let's weigh the options, okay? Arizona has a bad roster. But the key to success in Arizona is Arizona has a great... Great coach. The guy who wrote an amazing book on quarterbacks, Bruce Arians. He is like a quarterback whisperer. He's a genius. He worked with Andrew Luck as a rookie, elevating Andrew Luck, making him have this amazing rookie season. He worked with Peyton Manning as a rookie. He's, he's one of those rare coaches that just understands quarterbacks and gets it. I think he would work very well with Kirk Cousins. The problem is their roster's terrible. The good news is they're an offensive-minded coach in Arizona. There are two teams with defensive-minded coaches, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Denver Broncos. Teams with defensive-minded defensive minded coaches struggle with the quarterback position. Bill Bill Belichick is one of those rare coaches that he's a defensive-minded coach and he has a great quarterback. But that's not always the case. Especially a guy like Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins needs an offensive-minded coach. A guy like Sean McVay or Shanahan. A guy who can really help him and elevate him. But it, say he goes to the Jaguars. Here's the main difference between... The Jaguars and the Broncos. Both teams have great rosters. Both the Broncos and the Jaguars have great rosters. Both teams have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Both teams even have an old overlord. You know, the Jaguars have Tom Coughlin and the Broncos have John Elway. So let's let's make an analogy here. What if I was, I'm Zach Schaumler, I'm looking for a broadcasting job and there are two, two companies. One has Colin Cowherd, one has Dan Patrick, both are, are greats on the, in their own right. Where would I go? I would I would choose Colin Coward, not only because I'm a fan of him, but because I think his broadcasting style better matches mine. We would fit together better. It's a better fit. And Colin Coward's company in this scenario has tradition, whereas Dan Patrick's new company does not. The Jaguars do not have tradition. The Broncos do. If I was Kirk Cousins, I would choose to go to the Denver Broncos next off season. You have tradition. You have a great defense, and you have John Elway, an overlord general manager type that can really help develop you as a player. And it's just a good person to be around. You want to surround yourself with good people that have good advice and insight. I just imagine Kirk Cousins walking around and John Elway says, hey, kid, uh, do that. Do this instead. Being around great people like that can really help you. Not to mention this. Look, every option is tough because if he chooses, if he stays in the Redskins, here's what I mean. I've, I heard this argument today. Someone said, well, he can't go to the 49ers anymore. So like he's not going to go to uh, the Broncos because the Broncos have a tough, tough division. He's not going to go to the Jaguars because the Jaguars have a tough division. They have the Texans. He's not going to go to the, uh, what do you call it? The, he's not going to stay in the Redskins organization because they have a really tough division. And the Cardinals have a tough division. So every, every option he could go to has strong competition. The NFC East has the Redskins, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. That's a tough division. You're not guaranteed to make the playoffs. You're not guaranteed to make the playoffs in Arizona where you have Seattle and the Rams and Los Angeles. Not to mention the Broncos organization has to deal with the Chiefs and the Raiders for years to come. You cannot be scared of competition. You should take competition head on. So you can't make the argument that, oh, Kirk Cousins wouldn't go to the Broncos because their division is too tough. Every division Kirk Cousins could go to is tough and a stiff competition. This is the NFL where big boys put on your big boy pants and do not be afraid of competition. You know, doing my prep, I always look around at all these cities and uh, newspapers. I look at the Seattle Times, the New York Times, the Cleveland Gazette, I believe it's called. I I check out all these columnists. Like, what's, what's the beat writer in... Cleveland saying about LeBron James today. I want to check in and hear what they have to say. Adam Jude, a reporter for the Seattle Times, wrote a really good piece. I read it today. I enjoyed it. He made a good argument that the Huskies, University of Washington, the Huskies' defense is the best defense in college football. And he used something I don't like. He used a lot of statistics. Here are some of the stats he uses. He says u averages 2.18 yards per rushing attempt. And then he says, oh, with historical context, since... I don't mean to say it that way. I just... I don't think that statistics play very well on a radio show, so I don't... like I want to get through them quickly. Since 2009, only Alabama has allowed fewer than 2.01 yards per rush. Only Alabama has done better than UW this season on defense, allowing yards per rushing attempt. They've also... Uh, UW only allows 3.66 yards per play. The only team better recently is Alabama at 2011. And... UW is the only team ever in the history of college football so far to not allow a play greater than 40 yards this season. That's impressive. I'll give them that. That statistic, the last one, is impressive. I'm not a numbers guy. I just, I feel bored talking about numbers. I don't like doing it. But I do recognize that statistics matter. Statistics are very important. I just, I'm not a guy that can deliver statistics very well, I don't think. I think it's boring and drab. And I don't trust the media very much. You can't ignore good statistics. Like Deshaun Watson's Rookie of the Year statistics, yeah. He's on pace to kill it. Those are important statistics. But again, I don't trust the media. So I think numbers can be very easy easily manipulated. I wrote a paper last night in for my math class and I talked about I talked about completion percentage. However you have to to be a good quarterback, you have to have a sixty percent completion percentage and I waited aloud and talked about all this stuff. Dude, I just manipulated numbers to agree with my argument. I didn't actually follow the data. Because you can do that all you want. You can ignore certain numbers, leave certain numbers out that makes your argument weaker. It's really... Statistics are... It's a weird thing I don't like. I think there's more power in connecting sports to a personal story and explaining your reasoning that way. Using a personal story just... That works better for me. I want to hear that. It's interesting to me. I don't care about... Uh, the, the seventh seventh he- blessing from this is the... blah, blah, blah. I don't, I, don't, I don't care. Numbers don't do it for me. But even if you use all these statistics... Adam Jude, he has a pretty convincing argument. I didn't explain it very well, but it was. You should go read it. I'll I'll link to it below. But context matters. You can't compare Alabama and UW without mentioning that, oh, one plays in the Pac-12 against mediocre teams, and one plays in the SEC, where two teams in the SEC are ranked in the top five. The way that the Pac-12 plays football is very different from the SEC. Of course, UW has really good statistics against the run. No one in the Pac-12 runs the ball like they do in the SEC. The pro-style game is based on running the football. And the way that the way that football is played in the SEC is not conducive to having a great statistical season against the run. I'm impressed. I really am impressed. They do stack up well against historical context. UW is a very good defense. But UW is far from the best defense in the NFL. UW is... The best defense in the Pac-12, obviously, and they're the only team nationally that can win games. But, man, are you kidding me? U-Dub's defense is not better than Alabama. Get out of here with that. In fact, if you want statistics, hear me out. Playing an easier schedule. UW has an—University of Washington has an easier schedule than Alabama. University of Washington has allowed 97 points. Well, Alabama has only allowed 78 points. Their defense has only allowed 78 points all season u stats tell us that they are great, but we can't pick and choose what fits our agenda. I'll be honest, I did some picking and choosing too. I, I looked at some other stats, like the records of teams they played. U-Dub, the teams UW dub has played so far are, are 31 and 35. Well, Am- Alabama has clearly an easier schedule statistically because their schedule is 30 and 34, the teams they've played against. So stats can be manipulated. I manipulated them. I don't like talking about statistics very much. I don't plan on doing it that often. And I, I think it's a weak argument. You left out some stuff. You, it's a good point. It's interesting. It's good news, but I don't like the Seattle Times article all overall. I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't like it very much. Okay, now that we're through the boring numbers segment, <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> I had a really heated and loud argument with my buddy Drake last night over this. I said to Drake, "The Broncos season is over. The Broncos need a quarterback." The Broncos need to trade pieces of their defense, of their good roster, and get Sam Darnold this offseason. Of course, Drake disagreed. Me and Drake disagree all the time. Drake said, what are you talking about? The Denver Broncos have the quarterback of their future. The Denver Broncos have Paxton Lynch. Ugh, it's killing me. It's killing me. Paxton Lynch is terrible. I'm going to win this argument and by sending this video to Drake. Paxton Lynch is not a good quarterback. First of all, We have seen Paxton Lynch in the preseason. Paxton Lynch is atrocious. We've watched the guy play football. He can't even do good in the preseason. In the preseason, even Deshaun Kaiser looked good. So if you can't look good in the preseason, you are really not a good quarterback. Here's the nail in the coffin, though. Trevor Simeon is currently starting over Paxton Lynch. That's all you need to know. If this was even close, if this competition was even close... Paxton Lynch would play. If if the Broncos felt like Paxton Lynch gave them a chance, they would play him because Paxton Lynch was a first-round draft pick. Paxton Lynch was a guy they bet their future on, and it didn't work. So not to mention, not only is Trevor Simeon starting over Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon is playing terrible. Trevor Simeon is not getting the job done, and yet he is still playing over Paxton Lynch. The, and believe me, the Broncos are desperate because they want a quarterback. The Broncos are so desperate they almost signed Jay Cutler. That is how desperate the Broncos quarterback situation is. If the Broncos thought Paxton Lynch had any sort of potential, they would play him. No, what the Broncos need to do is trade assets for Sam Darnold. Trade away some of your veteran players. Trade away some of the guys that are helping your defense and find a way to get a quarterback. Because until the Broncos have a quarterback, they're not going to make the playoffs and they're not going to have a chance at a Super Bowl, which is quite a shame because the Broncos have one of the best rosters in the NFL. They have special personnel. They have a great group of guys. Uh, and they should break it up. They should lose some of their players to get a quarterback. You ever, you ever seen a high school relationship where it's really funny? The guy's like, Ah, do, do you like me? I'll say if I'll say I like you if you say you like me. <laughs> that is what the Broncos and Sam Darnold remind me of right now. Because I guarantee you, Sam Darnold's not going to the Browns. If the Browns get the number one overall draft pick, Sam Darnold will stay in college. Suddenly, USC seems like the best place. I mean, it already probably does, but compared to Cleveland. USC is, oh, that's heaven. You don't want to go to Cleveland. You don't want to play for the Browns. So if the Browns get the number one overall draft pick, Sam Darnold is staying in college. That's my opinion. That's my belief. I I, don't, I wouldn't leave for a bad job. And Sam Darnold wouldn't declare for the draft unless he knew he could go somewhere great. So I think the Broncos should trade up and get Sam Darnold. Trade up and get the number one overall draft like, Trade a lot of assets. Get the number one overall draft pick if you are the Broncos. Here's the kicker, though. Are you sure Sam Darnold's even even declaring for the draft? Are you sure Sam Darnold's really going to enter the draft? It's kind of this weird wait and see situation where Sam Darnold's like, "I'm not going to pl- declare for the draft unless I know I can go somewhere good." And the Broncos are like, "Oh, we're not trading for the first overall draft pick if we can't get Sam Darnold." So it's kind of it's one of those relationship situations where you're like, "Oh, do you do you like me? I don't know. I'll tell you if you tell me first. That's what's happening with the Broncos and Sam Darnold. Because that would be a perfect fit, man. If Sam Darnold could go to the Broncos, even even with less players, even with not as good of defense and not as good of offensive personnel, Sam Darnold in Denver is a great fit. He's got the arm. He's got the body. He's a big, strong kid. I've seen him play. I've, I've played with him on the same field in the summer games, but I've still I've seen this guy play. This guy can really throw the ball. He would work in cold weather Denver. Uh, the Jets and the Bills play on Thursday night football tomorrow, tonight. Or tomorrow night? The Jets and the Bills play on Thursday Night Football, and I'm not going to watch. I, I don't. I'm not interested in this game. I, I have a plans. I'm going to go get Thai food with one of my friends. Um, I'm going to record it. I'll see if something happens and it's interesting. And if it is, if it does, I'll watch it. But I could not care less about the Bills and the Jets. It's it's really funny actually. BuffaloBills.com wrote uh, an article called Seven Reasons Why You Should Watch the uh, the Browns Je- or the Bills Jets: The Seven Best Storylines," and yet none of these storylines are even interesting. I was like. Are you ever going to say anything that makes me actually want to watch this game? So, I have no prediction. I don't care. Jets, Bills, I mean, who cares? No one's going to watch that game. My name is Zach Schaumler. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Subscribe on YouTube. You can watch me talk about sports. And you can even, if you're at work, play it. Open another tab. Play me in the background. Even if you don't watch, I don't care. It gives me views. It makes me look good. So, hey, I would love that. Um, Subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on soundcloud on itunes and tell your friends about strong opinion sports the audience is growing it's really fun we are building something really cool here and i really want to grow and continue because as much as i would love to work for a big network espn would be awesome fox of course that'd be great my dream really is to own my own show and and to build it this way and have ads um you know every break would be an ad and i want to do it i want to own my own content so tell your friends about the show let's grow the audience together my name is zach schomler This has been Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble and talk about my favorite thing in the world, which is sports. And have a great day, everybody.